This is The Water Table. A chance to hear the agricultural side of these issues. A place for people to go find information and education. Water management is just going to become even more critical into the future. How misunderstood what we do is. I would encourage people to open their minds and listen to this dialogue. Welcome back to the Water Table Podcast. And uh, today I just wanted to kind of share some of my thoughts and what's going around in my head, what I've been hearing from uh, contractors and uh, farmers out in the field. Um, kind of a unique year we have going here. It's uh, I'm, I'm uh, recording this on April 20, and uh, we are still pretty much winter here in Minnesota, um, North Dakota. I know, um, you know, some of our other Midwest areas in Illinois, Indiana, Iowa are getting closer to spring, but are way behind where they typically would be. Um, and uh, anything from pretty dry in some areas to uh, to pretty wet, but yet um, just behind and late in the spring. And uh you know, some of the things I'm hearing is, man, if we can if we can get going, get our crop in the ground, get a great growing season, um, the the year is going to be really good. And uh, just with all the uniqueness going on with pricing, um, you know, all of the the COVID hangover, the uh, supply chain issues, then the war in Ukraine. Um, you know, we have super high commodity prices. We have super high land prices. Um, and if we can, if we can get through to, to harvest time and have a, a really good harvest or even a little better than average, um, across the Midwest, um, our agricultural community is going to do really well financially. And, uh, so that, that, you know, that's kind of interesting when you think about what's happening, um, at the same time, we're now waiting to to get the start on that the the beginning of twenty two to to get going, get planted, and try to uh, achieve um, achieve that significant year. As uh, in any business, you're, it's up and down, and and you gotta capitalize when you have that in front of you. And uh, so, you know, I've been thinking about that from the standpoint of the conversations I've been having from. Uh, how people are approaching it. And, you know, some people, man, um, I don't know, it's pretty dry. So we got to get some rain in order for this to happen. Others, you know, in other areas. Um, last week we had, you know, I, I'd heard up is, upwards of close to 40 inches of snow in parts of North Dakota. And, um, you know, they're a ways away, obviously, from planting here on April 20. Um, but, uh the you know when you look at it what are some of the things in water management that we have to be thinking about and um you know it's very possible that we're going to go kind of from um i don't i don't have a word for what if you combine winter and spring but it's not really either right now so whatever that is um is where we sit and if we go right from that to summer and we don't have um, a traditional spring with uh, with a lot of moisture and just you know cooler nights, warmer days. Um, 
we looks like pretty much everywhere we do have the subsoil subsoil moisture to get going. But uh, at that point, we get going, and if it gets warm, um, without the proper subsurface drainage, we're going to have challenges of of root growth and root development. Um, you know, other areas it is pretty wet, so we all know about that and what uh, what that can do um, by getting in the field even seven days earlier when you have um, proper subsurface water management in place to uh, allow you in there sooner. Um, we're getting areas of the Midwest. I've been seeing more and more of it. All of you have of of no-till and um, minimum tillage and when you have that, it's just harder for that ground to warm up, harder for um, for the sun to penetrate when there isn't as much black soil and warm that soil up to point of when you can plant and, and get a good crop. So, you know, as I've been thinking about this, I just, just wanted to share, again, all the positives that are out there when it comes to subsurface drainage, whether it's aeration, um, aerating the ground, whether it's um, even right now when you just look at the, the obvious one of of yield increase and bushel increases per acre and you have land that's uh, so expensive to buy, um, which is a great thing for our industry um, and for farmers that own land, um, but also even farmers that own you know a lot of land. I've been talking to to some and hearing some from our customers around guys that are again saying, yeah, I'm going to take a pass right now and I'm going to keep um, improving the land that I have with uh, with subsurface drainage because I can do that for a fraction. A little, and when I say a fraction, it's not dramatic. It is a fraction of the cost to uh, buying more land. So um, increasing my total farm yields by you know, 20, 30% when I'm doing that. So, you know, that's the obvious one that of, of why, why we need to continue to promote what we do, but also just, um, like I said, aeration and getting in early. And we've had so many, um, of the last 10 years struggles in way more than the upper Midwest, um, you know, North Dakota, Minnesota, Northern, you know, Western Minnesota, you would expect if you're a farmer in Illinois or Iowa for them to get going and having spring struggles that you don't have. But, um, you know, we've had prevent plant in, in Iowa in the last five years and, uh, and just wet springs, cold, wet springs. And it does feel like that's changed. I don't know if we're in a pattern, but it feels like that's changed and become more of the norm over the last, um, 10 years, say. So when you look at it that way, um, what are you going to do? What can you do to ease into your into your uh, spring season, into your planting season in a better way and make sure that you're, you're getting in and getting planted um, before you lose some of those growing days? And the best way to do that is, is through drainage. So through uh, having your, your water management in place. When you look at our falls, um, it's kind of the same that we've had. We've had different falls than what we've in the last eight or 10 years. It seems like there's been consistently really nice. So it isn't a fall that's an issue. Um, they seem to be extended, um, you know, going into the spring and not getting planted and until, you know, May, late May, early June in some cases. 
um, you wonder, okay, if we have an early fall, what is this going to do to the crop? You know, how much drying is going to have to happen? It's going to be tough to get it out. And yet, over the last 10 years, our falls have been warm, dry, longer, extended longer. And uh, I'm not going to going to get into why this is because I don't know why we've had these two patterns, but um, but we have. And what does that mean for our industry? And how do we uh, how do we shift our thinking and our and our minds around uh, what we're currently seeing? Because I don't think there's a reason to think it'll be different next year. It might be, but uh, we certainly have a pattern that we're in now. And and there's so many things that go along with that, even in the industry of uh of corrugated pipe and the manufacturing side um when you you lose a spring like this um now we're gonna we're gonna do some business but at the same time you lose the length of that spring um you know how do you get product out with uh in a timely fashion to the customer how does the customer get it ordered have a spot for it and even hire a contractor or um, some people, some farmers are installing it themselves. Um, how do they even do that when your season is so compressed, um, you run out of time, and yet it is such an important piece to what we're doing now. As we gain history and time, you know, we can, we learn every year and we learn what uh, what's going to work and what isn't going to work. But I just encourage people to see this as what it is that it may or may not last but right now we're in a pattern of cool wet springs and warmer drier falls and uh it changes it has to change our behavior a little bit because even if we want to get going in the spring get jobs done get pipe delivered um all of those things in some cases it's it's you can't prevent the fact that you're not going to be able to do it because uh of uh, too much frost, too much snow, whatever it might be, um, too much water, and uh, it's moving those jobs and just compressing the season. Um, now we're getting some on the back end. That's great, but it has to change the way we think about things and and our thought process on all the way across. Should I, you know, even for those that really I don't know if I need to do manage the water on my on my farm. Yeah. You, you know, you need to think about that differently because of how this has gone the last several years. Um, but then also the people that are doing it already, just the things they're used to from logistics and, um, and all of it need to be thought through. And, and I know, uh, you know, the American farmer is, is uh, resilient and has already been dealing with this all across the board with the whole supply chain issue. It's just the same in ours now. And, uh, and we'll solve it. They'll figure it out. Um, but it's just some of the things that have been on my mind given, um, where we're at right now. And, uh, it does look like the weather's going to start to straighten out, but at the same time, um, you know, sitting here in, in central Minnesota, um, needing, you know, 50 degree soil temps, I don't see, I think I see one day in the next 10 where the temp is above 50 degrees at some point during the day the rest of the day it's it's uh below and sometimes significantly below so we're a ways away we're um you know you can't doesn't really matter if you if the field is suitable to get in and start planting it doesn't really matter if that soil temperature isn't high enough anyway so we're a ways away um 
and uh, just trying to start a thought process and together be thinking about what are things we can do in the future to uh, to have the least amount of risk for us as an industry and for you as a farmer to uh, to grow a great crop and uh, make money every year. And from my perspective, one of those significant things on the top of the sheet, if you're writing them down, is is uh, is my water management plan in order and what can I do to solve that. Um, you know, some of the other things that have happened last fall and this spring that are really interesting, and we did a podcast on it last fall, but is, is land prices. Um, you know, we, uh, I think most people in this industry are interested in land prices because it talks about, it just shows the, where the health of the industry is at. And, uh, and it's interesting to talk to farmers and, and about what they're seeing and, and in some cases rejoice with them when, you know, they're able to pick up a 80 or a quarter that they've been pursuing for, you know, maybe generations in their family and also to, to, you know, share in, in that disappointment when, uh, when the farm went a different direction or they just decided they couldn't, um, they couldn't justify what that was selling for. But, uh, I think, you know, on the positive side, what it says is our industry as a whole is really healthy right now. Um, a lot of the land is going, farmers are buying it. It isn't all farmers, but uh, farmers are buying land and expanding their operations. Um, you know, we're, we're going to do a podcast with with a college student coming up here and just talk about the hopes and dreams a little bit of, of um, young young men and women coming into agriculture and what is that going to look like for them and what are they thinking about what are they passionate about and uh for for me to see this it's it uh high land prices make it harder for them but they make it easier for them if they can come into a family farm um and so it's been interesting in my career to watch times when um young people are leaving the farm and finding jobs and uh and a lot of them finding jobs in uh, agricultural industry, but uh, and then and then times when it's really good of them saying, you know, that's really what I wanted to do. So now I can either go back to the farm, or they just happen to be um, transitioning from school to the farm during those times, and they go right to the farm. So it's it's interesting, and uh, I think very healthy for our rural America economy and for what we do as an agricultural industry to have these kids that are really passionate about it and smart um, as the future of, of our industry and willing to stay in rural America and willing to, to uh, take the reins on uh, this industry. You know, the other, the other thing that just makes it so challenging and complicated when you have a really wet spring is, is the compression of the season because there really isn't much, summer work done um you know and all that gets pushed to after harvest and if you get a longer fall you know you can make up a little bit of what you lost in the spring but you kind of have to assume that a fair amount of that's lost if you lose it you know i'm encouraged about what could happen with uh potential summer work in the future um you know as far as crop rotation um you get more of the northern climates of of drainage up into you know in the, the dakotas and and for sure in canada 
you get some of the small grains and cereal crops that are coming off in the summer and and then there's there's summer tiling but you know um it's it's hard to understand and to um to want to go through your crop in the summertime and and tile or or manage your water in the summertime by ruining a crop and i don't think that's probably going to happen in in periods like we're currently in with really high commodity prices um it's just too uh it's too good to leave on the table but um you know these are things that i just encourage I don't have the answers. Um, not saying I do, but I encourage all of you, as you know, farmers and contractors, to be thinking about that and working through: um, is is this something I should do, or is this something I should sell as a contractor um, around going through a crop? And there's some of you already are doing it. I know that, but uh, what are the economics? Because the economics change um, all the time. But I also think adding in that uh you know the majority i was going to say eight out of ten but i don't actually know what it is but the majority of years we've lost our spring season so if losing a spring season means for fair amount of landowners and farmers that you know they're pushing projects down the road that they would have maybe done three years ago they're just getting to this year because we've had crappy springs um well then you got to look at what kind of yield loss did you have on that field for three years and what if it made sense to to do something different maybe um that you could that you could do some summer tiling you know maybe you do a wheat rotation on on an 80 that you just don't usually do or something but uh so it's interesting like i said i don't have the answers but i think Really thinking outside the box on what are all of our options and considering that um, what where we've been the last 10 years in our springs, those that have had the proper water management systems on their fields have gotten in faster. It's just a fact. They've grown great crops on those years where it's been wet and cold in the spring and dry and hot in the summer. Um, they're there when harvest comes they're at the top when it comes to bushels um, their their fields are great from an aeration standpoint they're managing their water they're managing the water table um, you know flooding isn't an issue on those areas in the valley in the red river valley so there's just so many reasons to uh to consider this and um, i just didn't want people to be discouraged as they're sitting here listening to podcasts rather than being in the planter. So um, as you listen to this, just know that this is an option that uh, you should be uh, considering. So with that, um, this is the first podcast that I've done without a guest. And uh, I just wanted to share my thoughts today. If uh, you didn't like it, send me an email. I'll never do it again. But uh, anyway, um, we'll see you again in the future. Thanks for joining us today on The Water Table. You can find us at watertable.ag. Find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. And you can also find the podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms.